Life in New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to our 8 p.m. show. It's time for Ask an Engineer, the hour-ish plus long show where we explore what's going on in makers, hackers, open source, art, electronics, and more. It's me, Lady Ada, with me, Mr. Lady Ada. We're hosts for tonight. We've got a fun-filled hour, so stick around. And uh, we even have some 20% off coupons, maybe. We Stay do. Stay tuned. All right, what's uh, going to go on in the show, Phil? On tonight's show, we want to remind everyone, please wear a mask. And uh, we have been operating in New York City from the beginning of this pandemic. And we can tell you, you can get through it. You just got to wear a mask and uh, keep distance. And uh, we're a factory. We have uh, our team on site. We're on site every day. And we've managed to do it. That means you can do can too. Um, New York was hit first and worst and uh i know it's getting tough out there for everyone but there is a way through uh just do the things that a lot of smart people are asking us to do and you only have to do it for a little while and then we can have a good 2021 together um our entire team thanks you for supporting us these are pre-covid photos um for ordering things and keeping us busy all during this time we'll continue to be shipping uh, we have been open smart and safe all the way from the beginning we did face shields and then we did um, essential electronics and then we were able to do all of our electronics for everyone out there so we thank you for that and the students out there um, and all of the medical professionals they thank you too because uh, all those orders kept us going on tonight's show people are in the world showing and sharing their projects lady will talk about that john park workshop along with jp's product pick and more including a make code minute we have some time travel look around the world of makers hackers artists and engineers and more we have some Python on hardware news, some manufacturing photos, and um, time lapse outside our window. We have some 3D printing videos. We have DigiKey and Adafruit present on MPI. We have new products. A little bit top secret. We'll answer your questions, and we do all of that on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. Join all 25,000 of us. Mm. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. Okay, so um, just a little bit of a reminder. Uh, check out our website because there's holiday shipping times. So coming up pretty soon when you order something, it takes a while to get to you. So make sure you order it in time, especially. And extra, uh, this year more than ever, yeah, it's going to be that. rainy. It's going to be cold. There's going to be lockdowns. There's going to be people out sick. So please, please, please do not wait to the last minute. You know, we do have overnight shipping, but... Everything moves a little slower. It's good. Everything is, as, you, as everyone knows, like everything is suddenly taking a little bit longer. You want to get yeah. that pizza? You don't know if you always get it in 15 minutes. Sometimes it takes 30 minutes. That's okay. Order 30 yeah. minutes in advance. Ditto for your electronics. So we put up all the deadlines and more to make sure you get stuff, especially international. You'll want to order early. 
Um, and then as you order, um, we have a few things going on. First up, there's freebies. Freebies. And uh, the freebies you get, um, our big promotion right now is Stemma. So if you want to collect them all. One or more, you get, we have like a collection of 20 different Stemma QT boards from the, uh, sorry, Stemma, Stemma, uh, Stemma QT boards, including, um, you know, sensors, accelerometers, and magnetometers, and, you know, temperature sensors, and digital pentiometers, and, and like we have the, that weird RFID thing as well, to boards like the QT Pi and the MCP. Uh, 2112 or whatever part number that is for controlling your sensors as well. So we're going to keep doing that. Uh, one, you know, that's what $149, $99 or more you get from a Porter house at the breadboard. $199 free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States and $299 or more you get a Circuit Playground Express. Okay, and then um, our big news that um, some of you have already figured out and more. Um, one, we announced it last week on the show, but two, we've now have learned guides and I'm going to show a video in a second is you can get 20% off on your order, but we're not doing what everyone else does. We're doing something different because that's kind of what got us here and that's kind of what's going to keep us going. So there's a lot of noise out there. There's like daily deals. There's newsletters that you have to sign up for. There's um, all sorts of hoops that you have to jump through and it's, it's a noisy environment, especially around the holidays. So what we decided to do, and we're going to be doing this all the way till um, next week, is all you have to do is secure your account. Now, that's a good idea anyways. See? So, Securey, the happy locked cloud. Yeah, or cloudy. I don't know what I'm calling this. And uh, all you have to do is uh, set up two-factor on your account and verify your email. Easy. Free. Yeah. And once you do that, you get – this actually appears in your account. Bye -bye. This, is, this is important to me. Very important. Yes. So, this was a big deal to have so this cloud show. The idea would be um, verify your account you know, with your email address, set up two-factor, load up your entire cart, and get 20% off. And do that within about the next week or so. Yes. And that's good security hygiene for you. And then do it for your other accounts, too. Do, it reminds you to, oh, like, I should finally, finally do that on my PayPal account or whatever. You, you should, have to install Authy or Authenticator. You, sh you should do it. Yeah. And uh, to help out, we have a, a little short video um, that will help you, and I, and I wanted to show that now. Okay. As a thank you to our secured account holders, we've launched a secured coupon. Head on over to Adafruit.com and log in to your Adafruit account. Click Gift Certificates and Coupons to see the secured coupon. If you've already verified your email and enabled two-factor authentication, you're all set. Just log out of and back into your account and enter your secured coupon at checkout for 20% off the site through Thanksgiving. Some restrictions apply. To verify your email, click Verify Your Account Email followed by send account verification email, and we'll send a message to the email address linked to your Adafruit account. Please follow the directions when you receive it. Please check your spam folder if you don't see our message. Next, you'll want to set up two-factor authentication. Navigate back to your gift certificates and coupons page and click enable two-factor authentication for your account. You'll be redirected to your account's security and privacy page. Click Learn More about how to set up two-factor authentication to learn more before proceeding. Click Edit two-factor authentication settings, followed by Click here to enable. Scan the QR code with your two-factor authentication app and follow the prompts. Please be sure to save your one-time use backup code somewhere safe. Now that you've verified your email and set up two-factor authentication, be sure to log out of and back into your account.
When you return to your gift certificates and coupons page, you'll see you're now secured and able to enter secured at checkout. When you're ready to check out, click on your cart, enter your secured coupon and save 20%. So that'll be going on. Um, we're going to end it soon because we can't do that forever. But we wanted to do this as a promotion to help people secure their accounts, remind them to secure the other accounts. And uh, if you shop at other electronic retailers, send them an email and say, hey, uh, Adafruit's doing this. You should do this too. Sometimes that's the best way to get what you want is just point to what someone else is doing. Then and then you get that little left out feeling. And then they'll say like, okay, mm, that's a good idea. I don't need that too. And if we all secure our accounts, we'll just live in a better world. Yes. Okay. I have to factor on all the time. It's great. Show and tell people around the world showing and sharing their projects. Uh, Lady Ada is going to go over briefly who is on the show and tell and what they shared this week. Yes, that's right. Start off out of no, an order in particular. We had Sean coming by uh, for DigiKey talking about machine learning voice recognition commands, how to train your own voice with uh, TinyML. And so you demoed uh, a robot that you yell at. And so kind of think of ideas of like whether robots should listen to humans so when you yell stop, it'll actually turn off um, instead of like having an e-stop button. Um, Brent got the Microsoft Expressive Pixels working for the Matrix Portal. Yay, this was on my list for a long time. I never got to it. Uh, but Brent did and uh, is going to write up a guide. It's, it's really cool, actually, if you have Windows 10. Um, there's this free app that lets you do animations for pixels uh, extremely easily. Phil B uh, has NextBus, which is a service that tells you when your next bus is coming. It's uh, for a lot of cities, including L.A. and many other cities and municipalities. Uh, and it'll show you uh, for four different lines when the next bus is showing up. So um, you can not miss it because like sometimes like 40 minutes between buses you do not want to be waiting in the cold especially for your next bus you want to get there like five minutes before the bus um jepler uh worked on the mag tag and got i squared c working and uh, is testing it out by having two temperature sensors displaying data at the same time uh first up to compare the sensors but also it's a great way to test i squared c thank you jepler because uh, a lot of people want to do i squared c projects and it was good to have i squared c working um, JP uh, took the standard Adafruit quotes demo. It's kind of our uh, hello world of IoT because it goes to the internet, gets something, and it's random. It's different every time, so it's a good way to verify that something is updating. Um, and he has a little background graphic as well, and he's going to do up a guide uh, starting off some cool MagTag projects. We wanted to do e-ink projects for a very long time, and this winter we're going we're gonna to do a whole bunch of... All e-ink all the time. E-ink projects that we've been meaning to do. Um, Melissa, you know, wrote a guide, sorry, wrote a library for using uh, e-ink in the mag tag, and uh, she's also doing one of our Hello World, which is an e-ink uh, Bitcoin displayer. It's up to 17000 So if you own Bitcoin, uh, congratulations. It's, like, worth, like, 50% more than it was a month ago when we last did this project. Um, then Pedro made a 3D-printed stand and a really nice milled and etched case for the mag tag. And Scott, who uh, kind of kicked off all this e-ink work when he said he really wanted an e-ink clock that runs CircuitPython, is working on his clock finally. Uh, it only took uh, you know us a year to get the hardware going, um, but now he can uh, make the clock of his dreams that he will have by his bedside, just like, literally the clock of his dreams, um, all in e-ink with CircuitPython. And he's uh, having it display um, the weather throughout the day as well. Uh, Liz also got her MagTag. She's playing with some fonts. They look really good. 
Um, Seth made a cutie pie add-on. It's a lipo charger and it's for sale. Uh, check out, maybe it's on Tindy, I think. So check out his shop um, for the cutie pie lipo charger. Lolly um, showed off how uh, he learned electronics as a kid using the Funway Australian Electronic Book Series. Really cool looking books. It's kind of like Forrest Mims, but Australian. And you can tell because like the cover project includes beer. Yeah, make a beer clock. Yeah, beer clock. That's cool. Not a potato clock. Um, Tim uh, did an amazing milled PCB for the Pi Compute 4 module. I'm extremely impressed. Uh, it's, it's hard to get even printed PCBs uh, to the resolution he got it working. Um, but his HDMI out and uh, USB and everything with the Pi Compute module, a nice little breakout. And um, Mark updated uh, his e-ink feather project to use the mag tag. It's a, a perfect upgrade for him. Um, testing out low power, got it working with Arduino. Thanks for trying out Arduino for the ESP32-S2. It's, uh, it does work. It's a little early, but it, it, is, it is working now. And uh, it's hopefully going to be merged into mainline shortly. So good stuff on Arduino and CircuitPython for e-ink displays. Okay, it's part of our It for Live series of shows. If uh, you're watching this right now, it's 8 o'clock because it's Wednesday. That's right. And uh, also on Wednesdays, 7.30, we do show and tell. That's what we just talked about. Those mm -hmm. are our two shows we do on Wednesday. On Sunday night, we do Desk of Lady Ada. And on Desk of Lady Ada, we do something called a Great Search. And that was a great search with DigiKey. So this week we did Coral, which is a little module for BrainCraft. Yeah. And then what did you look for on DigiKey? So the thing about these Coral Edge TPU chip, it's super sweet. Uh, there's only one thing you got to watch out for is it uses 3 amps at 3.3 volts, which is like on one hand not a lot of power, but it's more than most people have to deal with. And so, um, you know, how do you get 3 amps of current to this chip from USB? Well, you're going to need a buck converter. You need a buck converter that can, can handle um, very high current loads. And so I went searching on DigiKey to try to find um, a buck converter from five volts to three volts at about three and a half, you know, three and a half, three amps. And I also showed how to use TI search in um, collaboration because sometimes for some chips, you know, DigiKey search is really good for some things, but for microcontrollers and like some power converters, I actually like to see what chips are available and then I go to the manufacturer and then I use their tools. Yeah. Because they can they can give me more slidey capabilities. They're very specifically tuned for the the complicated chips. You use the, use the TI site to find what you're looking for, and, and then you go back to DigiKey. Then go to DigiKey to say, okay, now I want to get this and many get the parts and in this package at yeah, yeah. this price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the prices on TI.com are lies. So that is uh, that's on Sundays. Yes. That's Escalade. And then on Tuesdays we do uh, JP's product pick of the week, and uh, again this is like one of the there. With um, COVID and with like the election and with um, elect the electronic industry all consolidating and all the coverage basically being only for the big giant companies because they own the publications, yeah, um, it's hard to like get the word out about stuff. But we did something really neat. I think this is cool. We're the only electronics company that does this. So JP broadcasts live from the product page of the thing that he's talking about. So we put it on sale. He shows it, talks about it. And it's inside the product page, and then when the live show's over, the sale goes away, and the broadcast ends. And the sale's been very popular. People, it's half off, whatever. Yeah, we've been doing it. It's, and, it's neat. you know, at first, people, they only sold, like, a couple pieces, but now we're selling, like, you know, yeah. quite a few. People are, like, they, they see it, and they're, like, I know that this is my one chance to get half off yeah. the new and product. Yeah, and, like, you know, here's the thing. 
buying electronics, um, it can be special and interesting, and you can get to know the people behind it, and you can participate in something fun. Um, we're not going to concerts, <laughs> so this is something that you can do. It's a weekly online live event. Um, and uh, JP just plays the hits. Yeah, and so uh, check it out, JP's product pick of the week, and here is a uh, little highlight from this week's. Product pick of the week is the LIS 3DH triple axis accelerometer. This is in highly convenient and lovely Stemma QT form factor. Now I'm just printing out the three accelerometer values on X, Y, and Z axes. I'm also using that data to drive the display orientation. This is a feature that I really like having in this because if you're going to be measuring accelerometer values, you're going to be turning this thing, and rather than turning your head back and forth with it, it just updates uh, so that you can see those values printed on the screen. That's my product pick of the week. It is the LIST 3DH triple axis accelerometer, and I'll set this on my Stemma QT board of goodness, and that's going to do it for today. And every Thursday, except for next Thursday because it's holiday time, is uh, JP's workshop, and on JP's workshop we have make code minute so take it away JP for the make code minute this week I wanted to show that you can use the trellis m4 inside of maker.makecode.com which is fantastic this I only recently realized is as a beta extension and I'm using the beta of maker.makecode and what I'm using it for in this case is to set some different color strips of LEDs on the Trellis M4 and play back different musical tones when I press the buttons. So you'll hear... So here's how this works inside of make code. You'll see I just have two loops going on. One is my start loops. So this is all the setup. In here you'll see I'm setting up a NeoPixel strip to have separate ranges so that I could run these very neat little gradient commands on the four rows that I have. And they each have eight buttons, so there's eight columns. And then you'll see I'm creating a little array that's going to be used to play my different musical notes. Then I have another array that I'll use to multiply those frequencies for the different rows so that I get four different octaves. Then in order to essentially scan through the button rows and find which button is pressed, I have this. First, I loop through an index of the different rows, and then I loop through an index of the different columns. And for all of those, we check and see, is a keypad button pressed at that current index? If it is, then I find out the current color of that button to store that as a variable for later so I can put it back. Then I set that button to white so it shows me that it's been pressed. I play a tone, and what I'm doing is grabbing from the array of notes that I already made and multiplying it by that array of octave multipliers. Then I pause for uh, 100 milliseconds, so that sort of helps me with debouncing. And then finally we set the color back to where it was. And so that is how we can create a little button interface using the Trellis M4 inside of maker.makecode.com. And that is your Make Code Minute.
Okay, so let's make Code Minute. You can watch that every single Tuesday. Sorry, Thursday. Thursday. Um, with JP, except for next week. Yes. All right, time travel. Let's look around in the world of uh, makers, hackers, artists, engineers, and more. Also, just updates what's going on here. Um, because we've been doing this, uh, you can actually just, like, look at the last decade through the eyes of Ask an Engineer. So today... New York is back to schools being fully remote. Um, we, we have that the biggest school yet. system in the country. And we also have a very, um, I think, good conservative approach to this, which is um, set a number, a um, little bit of confusion in city and state, but, you know, politics. Yeah. Uh, but set a number and then um, have policy around it. So um, school's going to be remote. Um, it's getting ahead of something that's, you know, not looking good. Uh, we're about fourth in the country as far as... Um, positivity so hopefully this will just be one of the many things that can keep it down but i know a lot of people in the rest of the country are going through their own version of new york right now so this doesn't affect us or our shipping or anything uh at all at this time we'll let everyone know if it does um but it is november 18th and here we are um it feels a little bit like march and april but um there's a lot of other things that have kept a lot of new yorkers safe uh we do wear masks so please out there continue to do that um could just tell you just living through this it was uh it was terrible and i think unfortunately one of the reasons um, the mass compliance in new york is so high is because we live through um, a lot of death just to be straight up so i, I hope that's not w what's required yeah for everyone else to be like okay maybe we should like kind of do this yeah so um we'll see what happens uh, national mass um suggestion at this point would be good but it's really up to a lot of the states and cities and uh, it, did, it did help New York, and we went into this winter with a pretty low rate, so as it creeps up, we can make more decisions. Um, but so far, that's what's happening as of today. Uh, yeah, other things, STEM chat, we just released this. This is uh, my friend Natalie and Diana Ang. This Yay. is our second video. This is Paper Geometry. We just released it on our YouTube channel, so check that out. What a great team. They're like, like powerhouses in the crafting and learning and STEM industry. That's right. Um, and we have an Adafruit IO update. Adafruit IO um, is our free service for makers. We also have plus accounts for folks who really want to do even more. Um, and we just did such a big update, Don Pedro's video for this week. Um, they have a sped up video, but we did a video overview with Brent's help on what is new in Adafruit IO. So take it away. Yes. Hey, what's up folks? In this video, we're taking a look at some new updates to Adafruit IO, our internet of things platform for everyone. The UI and the feeds page has been updated to make it quicker to find the feeds you want. Building a project that sends lots of data, you can organize project feeds into groups. Taking a look at the main menu, you can click around to see every feature in Adafruit I.O. In the dropdowns, you can see a minimized list of your feed or dashboard's data. There's also a helpful thumbnail with links to relevant learn guides as well as links to the API documentation. Dashboards are now easier to read with larger fonts, new colors, larger icons, and unnested menus. You can easily switch between the light and dark modes by clicking on the gear icon. Sharing your beautiful dashboards with friends or family just got easier. Just flip the privacy switch in the dropdown under the gear icon. Here you'll get an auto-generated link that you can share with anyone. You can rest assured knowing everything stored in your Adafruit IO account by default is private, safe, and secure. If you have any issues with the new update, be sure to go to io.adafruit.com support. For tech support, you can post up on the Adafruit forums using the links in the support page. For billing support, use the contact IO button and fill out the form. 
We're really excited to update Adafruit.io and hope this inspires folks to get started with their IoT projects. Thanks so much for watching and don't forget to subscribe for more videos from Adafruit. And we have some other stuff going on in the world of Adafruit IO. And uh, I guess this is... Uh, Here's a cool yeah, tortoise. Th yeah, this is uh, one of our new characters. This is uh, Whippersnapper. And uh, Whippersnapper will help you get your... Slow steady. Your Wi-Fi connected device um, on the internet using Adafruit IO. So, Lady Adu, this is something that you wanted and you've been working with the IO team. Yes, I demanded so, it. <laughs> so, what, so what does this do? Okay. So we have Adafruit.io, which is like really stable right now, and it's a service that has data logging and dashboards and MQTT and REST and all that good stuff that you want IoT service, and it's free. Um, and it's wonderful because um, we just saw so many IoT services kind of go out of business or sell, and um, they, we just couldn't trust them to, to stay up and running. And um, so that's where Adafruit.io came out of. So it was like five, six years ago. And then um, one of the things that we noticed was there are services like Arduino and Blink that have this like auto detection or auto like no code code requiring. Um, Tembu also has something like this where you load a firmware onto a device and it connects to um, the IoT service and then use the IoT service to configure what you want connected to it and the, you know what events or hooks or web hooks you want. And so I thought let's add this on top of um, Adafruit IO. And so you came up with the name Whippersnapper, but the idea is that you know, we also have this great way of loading code on devices, UF2, where you double click and drag a file. And that was part of the thing. This whole mass storage disconfigurability makes it really easy to do all the next steps because you can just like drag a file onto your board to, to deploy it, um, which we got the idea from the, um, the cameras that you had. The drop cams. The drop cams. Yeah, that was a good idea. You really like the fact that you're like, I plug into USB and like stuff happens yeah. and it like shows up as a disk drive with the driver on it. And so that that kind of inspired UF2 and then this is the next step of like, okay, the ease of use of writing firmware, but now it's IoT connectivity. And when you connect a board like a Pi Portal, it knows what hardware is already on the board, like the light sensor and the temperature sensor. Or if you connect like um, a clue. It's like, oh, I know that you have a humidity sensor and it's the SHT31 or whatever. You can just grab that data. Like, is it going to be the fastest, lowest, powerest way of doing it? No. I mean, you can always write something more concise. Yeah, you can see, also spend, but you can spend months on it. You can also spend months on it and it won't work. And we also don't care if you use Adafruit hardware or not. Yeah. So. Whereas with this, it'll just work. And we're also yeah. going to make it easy for people to add um, their own board definitions. Of course, we're going to add ours because it's the easiest for us to, to debug and, and support them. But we want to add. We want to support all the popular chipsets. We want to support cellular, uh, Ethernet, uh, Wi-Fi, and then eventually Bluetooth as well. Taking advantage of the really solid backend we have with feeds and groups and the dashboards, but then adding like the no-code capability of that. Yeah. So check it out. Um, I think it's one of those things where like we're not a IoT startup. We're not a uh, software as a service company. So uh, you have to. You have to try hard, like to to find this out, because unless you, of course, if you're watching our shows and you know about Adafruit, um, but it certainly isn't um, when people say, "Oh, what's a you know IoT service for devices?" 
Um, they usually think of companies that are spending millions on yeah. know, marketing these things. So check it out, and uh, now's a good time to start playing around with it. We think this is going to be the best and easiest thing, and also and it'll work for Raspberry Pi too. It's not just for microcontrollers. Yeah, controllers. and it'll because we're not an, yeah. a software as a service startup, um, we're not going to go out of business. And then you know, your all of your services and all the things that you do and all your data is gone. Um, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, next up, we have a video in the series that we're doing. Think Inc. And um, it's your brain. Yeah. Ink. And this is uh, one a little shot that Colin made, and um, he did a cool video. And this is part of um, this is now a three-part series. Mm. So here is the latest one. Take it away, Colin. Grayscale EPDs can display multiple levels of gray by mixing black and white pigments. They're basically monochrome EPDs with additional calibration, allowing them to control pigments with more precision and take advantage of e-ink's underlying analog nature. In addition to the standard monochrome positions, black and white pigments can be moved to specific intermediate levels by varying the voltage and duration of electrode charges. The amount of each color visible through the top layer determines the level of gray. And the variance in pigment position creates that slightly irregular analog aesthetic. And that is our ink family of products, so you can go to adafruit.com. Concise, thinking. but to the point. Okay, uh, next up is Python on hardware time, including CircuitPython, where it's code, plus communities. So we happened. are um, up to 6.0 Six release. release. And, uh, one Wait, thing, is it the beta? Is it the release candidate? No, it's released. Oh my goodness, it's actually released! Yeah, Happy so birthday. congrats to the entire team, um, Scott, who leads that up. And uh, one of the things that Scott said on the show and tell was we were up to 2,000... Pull requests. That's right. That 2001 pull requests closed today. Closed. And that's yeah. a big deal. Big deal. And we have like 30 open. We have a lot more contributions coming. These are, you know, a lot of these are pull requests from within the community, um, people who work on Adaf uh, Adafruit Circuit Python core. But lately we've been getting contributions from other people, boards they want to add, functionality that they've worked on, improvements, bug fixes. Yeah. It's really awesome to see that we, you know, we, we pushed Circuit Python up to version like 6. But it's starting to get momentum from other people as well who want to, to contribute to it. And I think that's because we have a great community. We've got um, great support. Um, we've got good hardware and, and debugging capabilities to, to test your designs with. And um, we want to do a really good job. We want to have a consistent experience across all the different chipsets and boards that people can come up with. So very awesome to see. We have yeah, like six chipsets and, and version six. Uh, in this week's newsletter, we have a few things going on I wanted to point out. I was reading this right before the show. Um, so, of course, um, our new product that you probably saw on Show and & Tell and a lot of the um, videos and projects that we've been doing is MagTag. Um, it's one of the, I think, easiest, best Python-powered devices that you can do cool IoT things with. And, of course, it's Well, it's e a new chipset. It's the new ESP32-S2. Yeah. It's one of the first boards that uses it, not just as a dev board, but actually... You know, using it as as a product design, and um, it's it's been fun and interesting to to play with this new chip. 
but it works quite well. You know, I'm having a really good time making. It's neat to have it all in one. It's nice. Yes, it's all in one. It's very fast. Um, And then you know, if if there was like a TMZ, if there was like celebrity news for um, electronics and Python, well, this would be it. So uh, Guido is the founder, the creator of the Python programming language. And he retired. And I remember when he retired, it was like, oh, man, you know, that's kind of cool. And, you know, we're on his Instagram and, like, we've, like, tweeted back and forth. And, you know, he's one of the thoughtful uh, entities behind something that's so important to so many people. And then he announced, um, and I'll just read it, I decided that retirement was boring and I've joined the developer division at Microsoft. To do what? Too many options to say, but I'll be using Python uh, I'll make using Python better for sure, and not just on Windows. There's lots of open source here. Watch this space. So we tweeted back. We're like, yay, Python on hardware. And he said, uh, I love that little board. Yay. And that's always good to see because it's like it's it's like a dad saying, good job, son. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, I'm so proud of you. This is the love that your father never gave you. Yeah, and so that's why it's just like, notice me. Yeah, so uh, this is really neat. And I'm excited about this because um, when you have the founder of a language in the group that has VS Code, that has GitHub, and uh, Microsoft uh, fully embraced open source. They are, they're living it. Um, they, they have some of the, the best resources out there and they really commit to the things that they say they're gonna do, make code. They did open source and we work with them um, and we like them and um, I'm excited. So anyways, that's my celebrity gossip. Um, Scott will have deep dive. <laughs> well, it is it's like a celebrity no, gossip. No, it's great news. Much. You know what, I, I'll say something. You know, Microsoft is one of the few companies that they have a ton of money and they'll use it to pay people who do good stuff to do good stuff. Yeah. And I really, I really like that. They've, they've shown that they are uh, very respectful to properties that they take over like GitHub as well as people that they pay to do work like Guido. Um, CircuitPython, Deep Dive with Scott, that'll be tomorrow. I think Scott's doing that tomorrow. And then some Adafruit updates. We have our 20% um, off. We already mentioned that during the show. I thought this was really neat. This That's is, cool. This That's is a really, so hypercardy. Th- yeah, so we, we made something called Pipercard, and it's uh, very hypercard-like, and it's uh, Python Your Own Adventure, um, if you want to make something like that, where you um, figure out your path, and then you click through, and it you know goes to these different options in a story. And you could do that all with the PyPortal and with Python. Um, this is a really neat um, Star El- Trek. Elkarzy clock. Yeah, really neat Star Trek clock that uh, Cedar Grove did. And it uses CircuitPython and Adafruit IO. You can check out some CircuitPython DC motor controls, countdown Ooh. timer for Days Till Christmas. Well, that's a nice countdown. Yeah, you can uh, look at this word clock. This was made with the 64 by 32 LGB, uh, LED RGB LED matrix display. And then um, the other thing I wanted to mention, um, the uh, ARM, the folks at ARM, they're funding the Python Blocks project. And this is, yeah, so this is um, with the uh, uh, Microbot project. And I I have a link to it on Twitter if you check it out. Yeah. Um, And then uh, two other things, uh, the collection of tiny python on hardware i thought i got them all but then someone tweeted like don't forget python for nokia s60 i'm like what (laughs) okay so uh we updated our blog post and then um it was originally based on python 222 back in 2002 it's so rad and uh there it was python (laughs) wanted to be on hardware and then uh last up um open source hardware association announced that they are having their event it's going to be virtual and it is next year, 
and we have it so you can make a countdown clock or whatever but it'll be friday april 9th 2021 okay all right um and then i guess one thing that i wanted to do before we get out of python on hardware news is uh the new guide that just went up um which circuit python board for you Take a look at it. It's a big deal because we always get asked. This hey, was written. I wrote what a, board? Katni wrote a huge amount of it. Got some help from Carter, who does a lot of forum work. Got help from Scott, who's the core developer of CircuitPython. I also looked at it and looked at it. Um, if you're like, I want to use CircuitPython, but there's too many options. How do I know what to pick? It's it's a common thing. People people last year just like, I don't know which board to pick because there's yeah. so many. We tried to divide this guide up into common topics. Um, it's a live guide, which means that we're going to continue adding to it. So if you have suggestions, post them up in the CircuitPython Discord. We also have our monthly, uh, sorry, our weekly Monday meeting for CircuitPython, um, 2 p.m. Eastern. Check your local time listing for when that is. Um, bring up any other topics or boards that you want to have added to that guide, and uh, yeah. we'll get to it next time we sweep through the guide. And that's Python on Hardware News this week. Blinka, blinka, blinka. Okay, what else is up? All right, open source hardware news. I posted this up on the blog. Um, SparkFun was like the older brother company when we got started. I was at Make and Lamore was, uh, I think you were at MIT, and then you came to New York, um, and, and SparkFun was around a little bit longer than, yes, than Adafruit. MIT, yes, SparkFun was around for about a year, year and a half earlier. And I remember I first saw SparkFun because I was working at a company with which uh, is company in in uh, Central Square in Cambridge, and we wanted to put a modem into one of our products, and I was like I was like well, where can I find like a little modem? And it's like SparkFun had like a little modem. It was yeah. cool. It was a little module. I was like, what is this store that has all this awesome stuff? It was just all the coolest weird shit that you want as an engineer. It was yeah. so handy. So um, they have a new CEO. Um, it happened a little while ago, but I think this is the first interview um, that he's done and uh, so far. So it's been a few years, um, and it's with uh, OH Data, and uh, Harris Kenny did yes. the interview. Um, they interviewed Lamore not too long ago, and now Glenn has an inter interview up there. So you can check out adafruit.com slash blog, and I just uh, posted it up. Um, but this is one of those things. There's like there's only a handful of companies that are Adafruit-like, kind of, and like we have history with all of these companies, and we like reading these things. So this was interesting. So I'm like, oh, well, community will probably want to read this interview too. Um, speaking of open source hardware, we have 2,000. 347 guides, Lady Ada, what's on the big board this week? I'm glad you asked. Okay, first off, we have the guide on securing your account and locking 20% off your order. Again, it's a limited time offer, so do it soon. Also, if we're out of stock on something, it, there's no, we don't take rain checks. You can't back order. So if you want 20% off and if it's in stock right now, take advantage of it. Um, all you have to do is add two-factor to your account. Uh, Carter wrote a really cool guide. Um, Carter always comes up with, like, really interesting projects which i like like my projects are kind of the same like nerdy projects over and over again um but this matrix flow uh visualizer is is super handy it um you can create bitmaps and then it will like do the mathematical calculations and show you like the flow line diagrams so if you have a physicist in your life i'm sure they'd appreciate this project um or just someone who loves laminar flow who doesn't um check out the matrix portal flow visualizer from carter uh, it's a good matrix portal project. And then, of course, Katni's mega guide she worked on all week and over the last week, which is uh, which CircuitPython board is right for you. Uh, check it out. And if you have friends who are like, I want to get into CircuitPython, but I don't know what I want to pick, um, check out this guide. We're going we're gonna to be adding more to it. And, of course, as new boards come out, we'll add them. But um, we have a lot of options. And if you're like, well, I want 
a feather board, I don't know what you want, check out our feather guide because uh, yeah. we have a guide um, about all of our different feathers as well. And then um, it's not here, but it's on Learn if you're interested, is the new uh, MagTech 3D printed stand and case. Um, so uh, from Noe and Pedro, it came in right before the show. Um, so if you got your MagTech and you want to make a little protective case, uh, check out that guide. Actually, you know, Katni uh, mentioned something in our um, internal meeting that we do here at yeah. Adafruit. Um, if you're looking for a specific board, um, you could do something like go to circuitpython.org slash downloads and just hit the features. And if you want to, say, find um, a board that has GPS, you sort by that, and then it'll show which boards have that built in. Mm -hmm. And you can also do things like, well, I want one with Wi-Fi. Yeah, the only thing is that it's like it's it doesn't explain why; it just lists them all. And so yeah, what we're trying but, to do is. But sometimes that's a good start yes. too, because like there's MagTag, because there's Wi-Fi. Yeah. So, anyways, that's a good that's a hack. That's a hack. And that's another way of doing it. If you're more yeah. advanced and you just want to, you want to get the listing. Yeah. So that's the uh, guides for this week. We'll have more next week. All right, Main New York City factory footage. I'm just making stuff. It's uh, darker during the day now, um, so the lighting is different, as you can tell, at the Adafruit factory. This is uh, us with a bunch of screens. What is that? It's all the containers that the screens came in. Oh, us. yeah, because we, when we get screens, they come in yeah. in these things, and we, we have to save them, and we recycle them. Yeah. So you're like, where does my TFT come in? That's how they show up. And that's how tall they are. Yes. It's a human-sized one. It looks like a one, like one Jackie tall. Here's a tester prototype. Yep. Selective so solder machine. Selective solder is happening. Looks like it's. What are those? Looks like those are FTDI friends. No, uh, sorry, um, Bluefoot friends. And this is the other side. Yeah. But very fast. <laughs> it's usually not this fast. So you can see the cameras that are inside that look at the. Selective soldering. That's Michelle running the machine. Made in New York City factory footage without a look outside, you know? So yeah. be beautiful fall weather happening here. Soho is in beautiful in the fall. And uh, they're now pouring some concrete. This is Disney across the street from us. This is where they're burying all your Disney Plus money. <laughs> it's just the vault. That's they're making the Disney vault. Yeah, they are. It's and true. They're converting it all to gold and they're burying it. And uh, it's right across the street from us. And then, of course, uh, getting some nice sunsets. They're nice, beautiful New Jersey sunsets. Yeah. All right, 3D printing. All right, so this week we have something a little different. So Noam Pedro's video this week was the Adafruit IO refresh thing. Yes. And um, so I ha we have this rule where we generally don't cover Kickstarters because then everyone's like, cover my Kickstarter, cover my Kickstarter, cover my Kickstarter, because they, they need to get... Yeah. It's very speculative, and we yeah. don't want it to be our fault. However... Yes, though, unfortunately, sometimes there have been people who, 
who we have promoted their. We, we well a long time a ago, bit. long time ago, like hey, that's a cool project on Kickstarter, and someone's like, I am the only reason I backed it is because you said it was cool. And it's like oh no, and then and then they never. Oh no, again. and so um, however, um, some rules were made to be broken or bent, and this one I think was okay to do. So um, Naomi, friend of Adafruit, is working on a three D printed mill, a continuous belt 3d printer for everyone and this is with creality and with naomi and so this definitely going to ship not worried about that and earlier today was already up to like a half a million dollars so this is the big deal and i like this i like this 3d printer because it's something new in the 3d printing world Yes. It, it, it prints and, and there's and a conveyor And I'll tell you belt. another thing. Naomi will not let them ship anything bad. She has very, very high standards. Yeah. And she will like totally, she'll tell them you cannot ship it until it's good enough to ship. I think. She ev- has a high reputation. I think everyone would agree. She she has high standards. Ultra high standards. So um, anyways, uh, what I wanted to do is show the video and, uh, you know, go to the Kickstarter, check it out yourself. But um this is a, a, a. I like picky people. Yeah, this I'm a is, picky person. Well, this is the this is the maker we know, and also it's refreshing to see new things coming out in the 3D yes. printing space. So, um, all right, here, check this out. Yeah. Like everyone else that has a 3D printer, they can only print one print at a time. I can only print one small model at a time. As an experienced yeah. user of 3D printers, I've encountered a lot of shortcomings of traditional 3D printers during use model 30 centimeters long at a time. Because of our love of 3D printing, we hope to use our own strength to help users of various groups create an unprecedented and more advanced product. Introducing Creality 3D Print Mill. This newly designed Core XY mechanical structure combines with the 45 degree tilted print nozzle and the carbon fiber conveyor belt with unlimited Z-axis makes it possible for many print jobs that traditional 3D printers can't achieve. Through the slow-moving high-strength conveyor belt, 3D Print Mill can achieve a continuous printing of batch models without manual management, improving your time and cost-effectiveness. The infinite Z-axis design makes long strip printing that was unimaginable in the past possible and opens up countless possibilities for future model design. The mass production you can achieve with 3D Print Mill can further global public welfare undertakings. For example, production of low-cost microscopes with 3D printing technology can bring more possibilities for the popularization of medical and educational appliances in the third world. This is the Creality 3D Print Mill, an epic-making 3D printer born to transcend pain points using new technology to create a perfect 3D printing experience. Really long print. It's an awesome, awesome project. More bigger print than this to see what's capable of. Better than any other manufacturing companies. quality machine. It's a community project in many ways. Anywho, so that's it. We're going to check in uh, on that later. That is really cool. It's a very interesting and new approach to, yeah, cool. to, to, like long, to long or tall builds. I like it. Yeah, and you know, there was such a menagerie of 3D printers in peak 3D printer 
world a few years ago, and then that kind of completely went away, and now it looks like it's coming back, and there's some experimental new uh, thinking that's going on with it. So they should print out the master sword that the the Zelda master sword that we modeled for um, No and Pedro did. Yeah, yeah, sure. They had they had to print it in like three pieces and glue it together, but they could probably print the sword out completely yeah. all in one. That'd be sweet. All right, and next up in three D printing, we have the time lapse. Take it away, No and Pedro. And 3D Hangouts is not on next week, but it'll be on the following week. Mm -hmm. All right, it's time. Ready? It's time. DigiKey and Adafruit present... This week's Ion MPI is from TE. Lady Ada, what is the NPI this week? This week's NPI is this series of like really durable and cool looking. I mean, the cool looking is not as important, but uh, cool looking uh, weatherproof and waterproof um, connectors from TE. This is called the Super Seal series, MCOM. It's part of a TE amp. And um, there's two pin and three pin connectors. They look like this. These are like IP67 to IP6K9K, um, depending on whether you use like these extra seals that you can get, I think, or the, the way you construct it. These are extraordinarily uh, high quality connectors and the price was really low, like compared to like what I would normally expect this kind of connector would cost. But they're like really nicely made. Um, they're like less than a dollar and you know, you get um, a lot of sealing and vibration proof and like latching protection with them. So I think if you're if you have a situation where you're building a project, you need to be outside, you need to be ultra durable, like weatherproof, deal with vibration. You don't want the cables to come loose, and um, even if you need a lot of current, because these are pretty big connectors as well. Um, although they're not they're not that big, but they're they're big enough to carry a couple amps of current, or you can connect them to solenoids or motors or whatever. Uh, anything that has two or three pins, I kind of like these. So this is one uh, set of the, set of the connector half. And then this is the other half, um, and they mate together. What I thought was really nice is, you know, some people say, like, well, why get these connectors when I can just buy connectors off of, like, Amazon or eBay for, like, five cents a piece? And what's nice about them is that you get, like, really good documentation. Like, look at this step file that you can download from TE. Like, everything is modeled for you um, and comes with instructions and rating and grading and all that. Um, you can get pin contacts from DigiKey. Um, they don't have a video about this particular product, but they, there is a great video on TE on how to crimp connectors. And, you know, I definitely recommend checking it out because to get the, the quality that you expect from this, like the, if you want to be rated for the rating and actually fulfill that rating and that vibration proof and that durability, you do need to crimp it correctly. You need to have the right crimping tools, which are not inexpensive and you have to know how to do a good job, but it's definitely worthwhile. Um, this is one of the trade-offs with connectors is like you want to do it right if you want to get the quality that you're paying for with the connector. 
Another um, thing that's really neat is I think this is part of like the like the 6K, 9K IP rating is there's these little um, like, I don't know, like waterproof silicone nubs that go over the contacts to add another layer of waterproofness so that water can't ingress through the connector port. Um, so I can actually show that on the overhead because I thought that was this was kind of neat. So um, this is like a pin contact and it comes on a, uh, a strip like this. And then um, before you insert it, like, you know, pretend I just crimped this, um, you put this like silicone nub thing over like this and see how it, it, it's a very strong press fit and gives you like three little rings. Um, and then this is crimped, of course. And then when you insert it in, you can barely see the yellow here on this side. Um, it just makes sure that there's no, you know, cause there's a seal um, around here. This is a silicone seal. But then you want to make sure that there's no water that can get in through this little spot here. Um, these little nubbins, for lack of a better term, um, gasket nubbins, uh, will protect um, the contacts as well. So you can put them on either side, the, the socket or plug. And then um, what I also liked about this construction is that like this part can latch onto something, which I thought was kind of neat. There's a little latching part. So you can have this like mechanically lock onto something, even if it's a free hanging connector. And let me see how you, I always get these a little backwards. So this, yeah, so uh, let me get one that's closed. Okay, so these two um, connect together and I think it's this way or is it this way? Sorry, it's this way. So they, they lock in and you can kind of feel that there is this, um, this ceiling that's made. And then this part can push in and then when you push it in, it's like locked and you have to pull it out to unlock it. And then to open, you have to press down on this piece. So like basically once this is in and clicked and then this is locked in place, this is like never coming apart. Like that's that's completely solid. And it's just one of those things where like, you know, why do I care so much about connectors? I have seen so many projects fail because of bad connectors and it's such a tragedy because it's like every other part of the project is perfect and great, but then like the battery cable isn't well cramped or it's not waterproof or weatherproof or like solidly sealed. And that's the failure point because this is, this is what's gonna move and vibrate and um, shift around in your design more than almost anything else. This is, you know, the, the connectors are your, your greatest uh, surface of risk in a project. And so I really like these connectors there. TE makes really good quality connectors and this is basically like automotive or, you know, industrial quality connectors, but the pricing is like maker and hobbyist pricing. So okay. you get you get the best of both worlds. And you can get these on DigiKey's site. We have the short URL and the URL, um, the product number. Yes, is. it's a series. So check out, like they have the mating connectors and the yeah. data sheets and you, know, the, you can get the pins and the sockets and so eight fourteen fourteen three nine color codings, MD. variations. Short URLs there. And we have a little short snippet of their video that I'm gonna play. Yeah. Higher. When examining the finished crimp, first check for any damage to the terminal or the conductor as a result of the crimping process. Note any deformation such as bending, twisting or crushing of any part of the terminal. The quality parameters can be found in the corresponding application specification. When inspecting the finished crimp, check the different facets of the termination to confirm that the crimp meets all of the visual requirements. The crimp height is a decisive quality characteristic of a crimp connection. It permits non-destructive testing 
and allows for continuous manufacturing control. TE has performed tests that show if a terminal is crimped to the specified crimp height with the correct tooling, and the wire is the correct size for the selected terminal. Then the electrical and mechanical performance will be within the required range. And that is this week's Iron of Yeah. You'll never be disappointed with a TE connector. That should be your money. Okay, and before new products, do new products, just a reminder, you can get 20% off. Just uh, verify your account instead of two-factor authentication and get the cute little cloudy in your account. And don't forget, of course, we have all the freebie deals so you can stack those up. You can get the freebie deals and, and 20% and off. And people do, and they get free shipping and everything. Lots of good things to do with yes. that. Okay, let's kick it off. You're stuck inside. Might as well learn something. New, 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 new. Okay, new products. Um, this week we have, um, because... You want them, you need them. We have. Yeah, we have some masks. These are these actually we got these. We ordered these a very long time ago, and they finally came in. They're just very low cost, you know, giveaway style masks. They're only about a buck a piece. We have them yeah. in both child and adult size. Yeah. Um, this is the adult size, and we have like a mannequin showing them. They're very simple and very basic, but they're also really cheap. So if you need to like have a mask that you can give away to people and you don't you don't want to give them your nice it's disposable mask. that's it, that's a little bit it's washable disposable yeah but then it, yeah if you go and click so it just shows you the sizing differences so in the middle are the adult size yeah like um, masks that we have that are um, like the they are the disposable ones with the surgical style and on the left this is the child sized mask you can see it's the same size as the child sized um, surgical mask. But it's made out of three layers of cotton, so it's it's better than nothing. So if you if you want a very inexpensive but high yeah. quality mask, we we have these and they're very cheap. We got these, and uh, we're gonna keep stocking these until this whole thing's over. Yeah. Um, okay. Next up. Next up from Flurk, uh, we really love their enclosures. They're so high quality and they're very beautiful. And uh, we now have their Pi Zero enclosure, um, and we really like. It's a very elegant style. It's like a solid chunk aluminum with um, a top that can uh, fit um, a hat or bonnet on top of it. Uh, so you can see the pieces and it fits a Raspberry Pi or, uh, sorry, Raspberry Pi Zero or Zero W and because the top and bottom are plastic, the Wi-Fi signal can go out. Because I know everyone's asking, what if it's metal, can the Wi-Fi signal leave? Yes. And then you see here, um, oh, can you go back one? You can see here how um, a bonnet fits perfectly on top and is nicely protected. Um, but you can still get off the signals. So a really, this is really one of the nicest Pi Zero cases. And, and here it is. Here's another view of it. So you can see it's a little, um, it's, uh, it's not fully seated down because I have the tall headers. If you had the slim headers, this would sit uh, flat. But uh, it's, a, you know, it's a great little case. And then you can easily remove, hold on, let me use my patented pry bar to um, remove the, bonnet from the Pi Zero, and you, you can plug a cable or just um, connect all the uh, contacts here. So Flurk, they make lovely cases, and it's a lovely Pi Zero case. Next up, watch this. Okay, so you got a Pebble and you're disappointed because it got, you know, like discontinued, right? Well, this is a fully open source hackable watch. I mean, the hardware isn't open source, although I think the schematics have been posted because the watch is actually from another company. But Bangle uh, is the... Um, Esperino JavaScript watch. They took like this off-the-shelf watch that has an NRF52832 and they reprogrammed it with the Esperino firmware. So you can program 
it with JavaScript using your computer over Bluetooth. And it's like pretty sweet. Um, so it's got this case. Let me go back. And this is like the, the startup. So you can see the, the screen. It's a full color screen. And it's got a, you know, a waterproof, weatherproof bezel. You can do animations. There's buttons on the side, which I really like. And this one is even like a twisty style. It's got buttons. Let me zoom into the text. You can press buttons. Um, one of the other nice thing about it is um, there's screws on the back. So you can open it up very easily. So this is one of the ones that is like hermetically sealed. Uh, and then this is the charging port. It comes with a little charging dongle. And there's like a heart rate indicator as well. But the cool thing is about it is you don't need to have, um, you don't need to have a, like a server. You know, this doesn't connect to like some service to, to get apps or like an app store. Um, you program it directly from your computer using JavaScript and Esperino. If you like CircuitPython or MicroPython, you're gonna be really familiar with this. Esperino is, is JavaScript based, um, but there's like, you know, just there's tons of people who um, know JavaScript already. And this is like a fun way of making hardware um, see with that device. So this is right. not, this is made in England. So this is probably England time, not, uh, us time, but you can see the seconds are, are pretty close. Okay. Next up. Uh, next up we have, um, by popular request, these little NeoPixel dots, except now instead of just RGB, they're RGBW. So, uh, you can see like one half of the NeoPixel has that yellowish phosphor. On the right side is RGB, but they're just like NeoPixels. They're easy to solder, and they're like used in, in you know, like weatherproof dots. But these just don't have the silicone coating. But you just want to have like a very easy to solder to, uh, chainable NeoPixel. Um, you do have to solder to the back, but then you can use any NeoPixel with RGBW support. Do watch for the the W part because um, you have to have four bytes per pixel, not three. But most NeoPixel libraries support that nowadays. Next up. Next up, uh, this is a um, sort of a big sister to the uh, NeoPixel JST cable that we've we had um, that we had for uh, a few years ago for Halloween. It has a JST connector on the end, and it's a one meter long NeoPixel strip with three LEDs per meter. I have one here. Oh, catastrophe! Um, I'll plug it in. And what is nice about it is uh, you get the one meter long of NeoPixels that you know and love, and they're in this weatherproof silicone coating, so they're nice and durable. And then this cable comes out, and then you just plug it in to any of our boards that have a 3JST port. So if you have like a Halloween or you have a Pi Portal, you want to add NeoPixels, you don't even have to do any work at all. It's just totally plug and play. Very, very easy um, to get going. And this is just like a, our standard... 30 LED per meter NeoPixel strip. So just making it so people who like don't even want to do any soldering or wiring or breadboarding or whatever can just plug and play NeoPixels is always a good thing. All right, and next up, the stars of the show tonight, besides you, Lady, the community, the customers, and our team, are these really cool, what do you, want to, what do you call this? Is uh, you know, these are ultra-flexible, high-density LED strips, and they're kind of interesting. So, you know, you saw that, like, the, the previous product was... NeoPixel strip with dots in it, right? And so you see, uh, go, yeah, so, like, so you see each dot. You're like, oh, there's the pink dot and there's the green dot. Um, so there's 30 LEDs per meter in this LED strip. But this LED strip 
has 320 LEDs per meter. And they're like soldered right next to each other side by side to create a very thin and very diffuse, but very bright and solid strip of light. It's like so bright, it's actually kind of hard yeah, to Yeah, well, do. let's... So I'm going to turn it down. No, we can do... No, oh. no, 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 this is, this is good. No, you want to do that one? Yeah, 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 believe me, this is the way to do it. Okay, so I'm going to turn it down so much that you can see... Mm, okay, I'll zoom in. You can see... This is like turned down like so low, it's barely lit, yeah. right? But you can see there's these little individual dots. So those are LEDs. Um, white LEDs, there's 320 of them per meter, and then they're covered with this, like, there's this clear silicone coating, but then below that is this yellow phosphor, right? That the yellow, the covering that makes it kind of like a neutral or warm or cold white LED. And, like, when it's turned down this much, yes, you can see the individual dots. But the moment I turn up the voltage even a little bit to 9 volts or 12 volts, um, it becomes, like, this really beautiful... Like, just, it looks just like a line of light. It basically looks like what you think EL wire should look like, but never did. Or like, or, or neon, almost. Or neon. It's a neon-y, yeah, it's a little, it's like, it's just like a perfect strip of light. You know, it's a little bit yeah. like Tron. You get like that, that. Yeah, it's Tron-like. It's Tron-like. You get this like perfect line of light. And so, um, if, if you want, you know, if I think for costuming and, and definitely for effects or architectural lighting, this is great because... You know, unless you're right up close to it, you can't see the individual dots. It looks like a, just a pure line of light. Um, this is, again, not addressable. The whole thing is on or the whole thing is off. You can PWM it at 12 volts to, to um, dim it if you like. Uh, and we have it in both warm, which is this one, mm -hmm. and cool. So it's like a cold, cold white. I think it's one is like 3,000 Kelvin. One is like 6,500 Kelvin, something like that. Um, but they're both basically the same thing. It's just one is you know, the phosphor is a, a bluer phosphor and one is a yellower phosphor. Same basic idea. You give it 12 volts and you get this like string of light. So um, very interesting. But yeah, it's, a, it's not going to be as like chunky and like diffused as our neon, which is like the big um, chunky strips that look like like literally neon because they're like so chunky and, uh, mm. and wide. Like this. Yeah, I was just going to show you, like, it's really nice for costuming. You, like, you could tell this is meant to be, like... Yeah, it looks kind of like like the lasso for Wonder Woman, right? It's like it's just this pure glowing yeah. thing. Um, that's what I was saying. Okay, it's, it's not going to be as chunky as the silicone, but it's a lot more flexible. So this is, like, this is basically as, as flexible as you need. You know, you can, you can coil it up. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, like, crack and bend it. But you can coil it up and twist yeah, it and I'll bend it. And this is with the silicone coating on it. If you take that off, of course, it's going to be even thinner and more flexible. So it can fit pretty much anywhere. Um, really yeah. cool effects. It's called a chip on board. I think they actually put the LED um, element itself, like the actual um, diode, onto the PCB, and then they cover it to protect it. There's no... I don't think there's any soldering. I think they're like it's like bonded right on. And then on the back is this... Um, some 3M tape. Yeah, it's cool. So we'll get this in other colors, but I do, I do like the yellow. Uh, so the the golden warm white, and then the kind of bluish cool white. And honestly, a lot of people like the white in general. It always, I think, looks best. One thing I learned when we went to Tokyo is, is always carry the white LEDs first. Yeah, that's new products. <laughs>
Okie dokie. While we uh, get ready to answer questions, um, we're going to do some top secret. But yes. um, just a reminder, we answer questions over on Discord, adafruit.at slash Discord. We'll get to you over there, all 25,000 of us. We answer your questions. But first, let's do some top secret. Top secret. So two videos. Going to show them really fast. Yeah. These are some uh, ongoing MagTag projects we're working on. Hey, Ada, what is this? Um, well, I'm revealing characters on an e-ink display. Um, I'm making some projects for the um, ESP32 uh, S2 plus 2.9-inch e-ink display called the MagTag All-in-One IoT e-ink display. Uh, and this is like a classic project that we always put together. It's our quote display grabbing data from the Adafruit quote service. You've collected almost all these quotes. Yeah, people send them in to us. They're yeah. really inspirational quotes. It goes on our invoices and it's on our website. Yep, and I just connect uh, to the internet with the ESP32-S2, uh, go to the Adafruit service, and ask for a new random quote, uh, and then display it in some beautiful fonts. Uh, it won't update this often when it's done, but this is a great way for me to quickly go through all the quotes and just make sure that things display right and do the word wrapping and everything. So all good inspirational quotes. All right, Lady, what is this? Hey, working on more MagTag projects. This is a um, unfortunate popular project that people do with IoT these days is they want to display the latest statistics from the COVID tracking project. So this is as of today, 1114. Um, the new positive COVID-19 hospitalizations and um, deaths in the US. And this is coming from uh, COVIDTracking.com, which is a COVID tracking project, which uh, gets data from around the U.S. and puts it together and has a really easy-to-use uh, JSON API. So, um, you know, a lot like the Pi Portal, we set up a location to get data from um, this JSON feed, and then we can pull apart all of those um, different statistics and display them on the e-ink display. All right, and uh, you, you're working on that right now, too? Yeah, I've got, um, I've got a, you know, I was actually looking at some other ink projects people have done, and um, someone, I can't remember their name, they, they made a Raspberry Pi uh, project that would go onto the internet and get um, quotes from Reddit's uh, Shower Thoughts um, subreddit, where, like, people post, like, these little, like, witty quips. Um, so this one is a project, so it, it goes and gets, like, funny little... Yeah. sayings or thoughts, the shower thoughts. Um, and we're going to make a nice little border and graphic for this, but um, just in, just showing like how easy it is to get data and, and parse it in, from JSON from the internet um, using the, the mag tag. So I'm just experimenting with all these different products and projects and, and ways to get data so I can just like really hammer test this ESP32 S2. Okay. Wait, hold on. There's a Oh, you want to go back? All yeah. Right, all right, all right. No, that's what I'm actually not safe for. No, never mind. Never Sorry. Mind. No, not it's Reddit. Out. Sometimes Bye. they're not. Uh... Bye. It was meant to be in the vault. Yeah, it's meant to be in the vault. Okay, we're going to go to the questions. Uh, I had one lined up from before. Uh, someone noted the, um, does the light strip come in different lengths? It doesn't right now. I'm only carrying that one length. Um, however, of course, you could always um, add and extend it. I don't know if it comes in longer lengths at all. I only ordered one meter. Okay. But I'll probably ask if they have. If people buy the one meter, I'll probably also stock the five meter. All right. Have you ever maxed out the number of unique components on your pick-and-place machines can hold? If not, what's the highest count of unique pick-and-place components have you ever achieved? We have two. So. I think 
we have, yeah, we have two, so we split them, you know, because not how many feeders you have, but how many slots yeah. you have the feeders. I think some of our designs have up to like, you know, 30 different chips. Yeah, we've not maxed parts. it out yet, though. Well, we've not maxed it out. I mean, it can, it can hold hundreds, you know. Yeah. It's a lot. Okay, next up. Do the white LED strips have a C or I rating? They do not. Um, yeah, I don't know what, what they are. I mean, like, not not very. They're not very neutral. I mean, like, they're, they're meant for... Um, you know, architectural or maybe like product lighting. So, yeah, I don't know if you're going to get a CRI rating for the price. Yeah. Uh, will partial refresh be coming to, to MagTag with CircuitPython? Maybe. Um, we'll see. It's a it's a fun trick. It doesn't doesn't get you anything really because um, it doesn't save power. And yeah, it's we, also just it, as it's, fast as the whole refresh, but yeah, we'll see. It's also complicated because you can't just always partial refresh. You have to refresh fully, and then you can do like up to like five partial refreshes. And they actually cause, um, when you do partial refreshes, I get a lot of ghosting. Um, whatever it's doing, it, it makes the display ghost like yeah. a bit more than I like. So I was I tried out partial, and it was like totally nifty, but like not as cool as I thought it would be. Next up. Uh, do you know how bright the light strip is? Kind of bright, but not crazy bright. I mean, I don't know, like what, you know, it's, 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 really bright. it's bright. I mean, like, I'd say it's a qu equivalent of like, maybe like a, like a 30 watt bulb, like a 30 watt LED bulb or something. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I, think it, I think it draws about like, well, it's 12 volts. It's probably about an amp. So it's, yeah, it's probably like a 12 volt or maybe 24 volts of, of power. So it's about equivalent light bulb terms but yeah i mean it, it light it lights hello <laughs> uh question i've been having a lot of fun doing uh heading calculations for a couple projects using a magnometer data uh, the biggest bummer is always hard soft iron connect correction and there was some great arduino utilities adafruit created for storing the corrections locally thoughts on revisiting in circuit python in CircuitPython, it's a lot easier you know we actually have a project i think on magnetometer and you just you just save it to a file. Um, so it's not nearly as complicated as an Arduino because Arduino doesn't have the idea of like a file system. So you can't like save um, your magnetometer corrections. But we definitely have done like two or three heading compassy projects where we basically show you how to get that, the value, which is again, going to be the same in Arduino or CircuitPython. And then um, you store it locally and you can use that for corrective. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, someone was mentioning you could make a seasonal uh, lamp because, yeah, you could. Like, This is it, a nice lamp. I think this could be good for, like, you know, on, on, over your bed or something. Yeah. Because I think for reading, this could be nice. I feel like there's sunlight. Okay. It's because there's no sunlight in New York at all now. Yeah. But I'll just, I'll just always be above you and I'll just go hold it like this. Yeah. How do you organize your inventory for board builds? How do you ensure that you have all the parts for a board and not delay manufacturing due to a missing part? It's a good question. That's we, really, it's really hard. We do do it. We have a custom system that we've worked on for over, yeah. like 10 years, which does work order and production management. And there's two people whose full-time job is to manage making sure that we have all the parts that we need and making sure those parts that we think we have, we actually do have, which is another different, also complicated problem. Um, and then making sure like they're the right package, the you know QA, and I'm like we we've gotten chips that are the wrong chip, you know, and that that's tough. Um, yeah. You don't find out till maybe halfway through a build that you just built a couple hundred boards with the wrong component um, because what you thought was a chip was actually like misreeled. It happens, um, but yeah, I mean if you only have a couple products, you can just do it with an Excel spreadsheet. To be honest, 
All right, uh, next up, the, this person would buy a five meter for a museum display case. How, it's always museums. How, this is this is the, the electronics museum theory that every product we sell is used in a museum. Yeah, how much current at 12 volts for one meter? Um, we'll post up the data sheet, but I think it's about an amp. Okay, uh, do we manufacture our PCs in-house? No, if not, no. any East Coast recommendations, I've been getting mine from the West Coast. Well, Advanced Circuits is what we suggest. Advanced Circuits on the West Coast. I don't know of any East Coast PCB yeah. manufacturers. Oshpark is on the West Coast. Yeah, sorry, I don't know any East Coasters. I don't think they really make PCs on the East Coast. All right, and I think with that is going to be the questions of the week. That was a good set of questions, everybody. Thank you so much. Um, so that's our show for tonight. Lady Ada has the lasso of truth yeah. um, on. Um, don't forget that we have 20% off. Just secure your account. It'll probably go until Thanksgiving, and then we'll probably stop this. But uh, we might resume it later, but for the most part, you should do it. And then you know you've got it when uh, this shows up in your account because you've verified your email, and then you've set up two-factor. Yes. Be safe. Be safe. Be smart. Be friends with Locky. I don't know if Locky's the name of this cloud. Cloudy Locky. Safety. Safety, security. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. Um, we're still going to do our show. It's like holiday-ish time. Um, but just a reminder, you know, please wear a mask. We've been wearing masks. We've been in New York. Trust us. There's better times ahead. Just uh, do the smart things and plan your holidays and get-togethers and travel accordingly because uh, we want to be with everyone next year and see all of you next year. So this next couple months is probably going to be the time that we can commit to that that will pay off a lot more later. So with that is uh, our show. So please continue to stay safe, everybody. We'll see you next week. Uh, we'll have some of our shows next week. Just watch the blog. Um, but we'll definitely be here, show and tell, and ask an engineer next week. Thank you, everybody. See you later. The here is skull. your moment of Zener. Thank <laughs> you.